pricing strategy, I think is going to be really important. And that key with marketing, how you're doing your promotions, how you're thinking about that, telling that story and the value. I just, I had to get that in because I think it's really important right now. You're listening to Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. We're interviewing marketing leaders to discuss how they're using customer data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market. I'm excited today to have our guest, Wendy Sturgis, on our podcast here. Wendy is CEO of Cleverbridge. Wendy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jason. I'm so glad to be here. Great. Uh, and maybe for our listeners, if you can tell uh, you know, folks a little bit about your background and maybe a, a bit about Cleverbridge. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a super proud uh, New Yorker, 24 years, worked in the marketing and the technology space, that intersection for most of the last 15 years. And Cleverbridge also does some marketing, which is great. Um, I'm a passionate tech entrepreneur, operator, um, and love building companies, love supporting great, great marketers. It's been a pleasure of mine for the last 15 years. So Cleverbridge, the roots of the company um, were really in marketing, e-commerce, and fintech. So we are a payments company at our core that enabled companies who wanted to stand up digital channels and stores, mainly in the technology space, um, really one-stop shop. And we'll get into more later how we're able to help companies do that globally at scale um, while being efficient. But that was really the core. I'm super excited. I've been here about seven months. Um, we're private equity backed, but we we are looking at that core technology and thinking about other ways to help companies become more efficient throughout the entire life cycle from a customer experience. So we'll talk more about that as well. One specific example is renewal automation. So for SaaS companies, um, retaining that customer base is incredibly important. B2B marketers spend a lot of time not only attracting customers, but wanting to engage with them. And one of the the last miles of that is the pain point of actually getting a customer to be able to renew 100% without human intervention. And so that's the business problem that we're starting to tackle. So it's an exciting time and a lot to talk about. Great, Wendy. Uh, You're really excited about today's episode. And for our listeners, uh, Wendy and I uh, you know, we're talking before the show about really just around where the market is and some of the you know, you know the downturns we've seen over the last six months uh, since the start of this year. Uh, and with that looming recession, uh, you know, a big part of of Clever Bridge's you know, you know, value proposition, uh, you know, starts with you know, not just enabling uh, you know, digital payments, but doing so in a global uh, worldwide fashion. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Clever Bridge also operates uh, across uh, you know, multiple continents, including South America, Asia, and Europe. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll be talking about that as well. Um, you know, but really, you know, the question that uh, you know I know is on many of our listeners' minds today is is with the market downturn and with changes to you know the economy brings uh, a new focus around efficiency over growth. And today, we just want to really dive into what that means around uh, international presences, international expansion. Really, just thinking about uh, what efficiency means uh, across continents uh, and across different countries. So. You know, Wendy, maybe we can start with what you're seeing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. across market trends, um, you know, outside of the U.S. today. Yeah, well, I'm two thirds of my employees are in uh, Europe, so I definitely <laughs> am a, an international CEO. I mean, listen, I think um, 
I mean, really, because I was based in London when COVID hit um, as well. So I, I somehow become this international executive. I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina. I never thought that I would be an international tech executive. I think Europe, number one, has always been a little click behind the U.S., um, since COVID, they just never quite recovered in the way that the U.S. did. And so I think you have to kind of acknowledge that. For those people, another impact, I'll tell you this, it's, it's we didn't talk about this. If you were doing business in the U.S., um, or Europe or anywhere, you've got to deal with foreign currency exchange and the strength of the dollar is actually having an impact. Microsoft and Salesforce came out and said huge hundreds of millions. So I'm spending a lot more time looking at currency. I've never looked at the euro to dollar conversion rate. It actually is at 101 today. It was at 106 even five days ago. So, I mean, that's a perfect tactical example where um, if you are working globally, wherever your, your headquarters are and your other legal entities, this is now a boardroom imperative because you have, it's, it's, it's volatile. The world is volatile. And how do you plan for that? So that's a very tactical thing that's impacting my business. And there are techniques and things that you can do hedging and other things. And so we could we could geek out on that, but we won't. Listen, I think so the number one, the economy has never recovered the way it has in the US. Um, but we are, you know, rationalizing and and my team knows this. This is not a surprise. We are um we're not uninvesting in Europe, but as we invest strategically, we are putting more of that in our most important market, which is the US. And that's just that rationalization. It doesn't mean that I'm pulling back and I'm not investing and doing things, but where I do see the growth for the future, I've got to put my resources there and be very focused on it. And, and we just had a, a backfill discussion where we had very healthy, which market, and there's actually multiple markets I could put them into. And so I think that's that rationalization. People are having to ask themselves harder questions on where do I want to strategically invest? The last thing I think I would see is, you know, look, I'd be remiss, you know, talking to somebody in a data company. Um, you know, I, because I'm European headquartered, I also have a banking license. Um, by the bot regulated by the Boffin. So yeah, you're smiling. It's it's a it's been an education for me as an American tech executive. We just you just saw the two big announcements today on the regulation. Um, Europe is just very clearly not done, continuing to say this is what it's going to look like to operate here and the requirements from companies. And that has been a presence in our worlds, Jason, you know, dealing on the data side with GDPR and everything for a long, long time, but it's not going away. And the announcements today are like, holy tamale. The, the last thing I would say is what I'm hearing overall, companies don't want to back away from growth with efficiency. It's more of that balance. And I think they're also looking to say, how can I scale more efficiently? And so one of the things that we is our core value prop, and I love that you you picked up on this right away, is we take care of all of the conversion risks. By the way, I carry the conversion risks. I take care of the whole, the whole and there's a lot of complexity. There's about four variables to how it actually works in a subscription business. Then I also take care of all of the fraud, the compliance. That's There's different rules in different countries and constituencies, different regions. Also, the taxes, the reporting. I literally take care of it all if you work with me. And so that's an efficiency scale that what the company has traditionally done very well as there's been downturns. Like that's what the, the people that have been here, we're a 15-year-old company said, hey, 09, we did 08, we did great. Because companies, they don't want to, they don't want to not grow in Asia Pack. That's part of their strategy. And they believe that's an important market. No one's going to say, 
I, I don't want to give up on that and stop growing because Asia is a t- it's a great market. It's a tough market. You have to get started and invest. And if you don't, but then your finance team is like, does this mean I need to hire five people just to support all of the processing? So that's kind of where um, I, p- people are just saying, how can I rationalize, but how can I also be more efficient and do that with partners? Got it. Now that, that's super interesting. I was going to ask. I mean, certainly with um, you know a stronger U.S. dollar, you know, revenue uh, that you know may have been worth uh, you know a dollar thirty uh, yep. you, know, <laughs> you know a year ago is now worth a dollar four or a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at, at the same time, things can also be cheaper. Uh, you know, on the cost side. So maybe you can sort of talk about you know, any trends you're seeing there and you yeah. know, how that sort of impacted. Um, you know, the sort of the calculus across the you know the revenue versus the yeah. cost side of things. It's a it's a great point. Look, we have we have a big part of our footprint in Eastern Europe and the Ukraine, to be honest. And and I have to say this plug. the resilience of the Ukrainian people and their workforce. And they actually see it as their patriotic duty, Jason, to to deliver, to generate revenue for their country. It's wild. We have an incredibly strategic partner there. I would give a shout out because they're amazing. It's called Nix NIX. And they're they're a big part of our our engineering function. Not not all. We have a huge team as well. Um, And you're seeing now what's interesting to really nerd out for a second on this, you're seeing increases in pricing in Poland because of what's happened from the Ukraine to Poland. But I would say, you know, that the Eastern Europe continues to be an important market for many people as they think about extending their capabilities. I'm on a board of um, a public company called Sabre, and we have a huge engineering workforce in Warsaw. It's a really, really, really important um, tech uh, center of excellence for the company. And that's that's public. Um, and so I do think their, their price differential is starting to narrow a little, but I think that people recognize that there's extraordinary talent in a lot of those Eastern markets. And look, a lot of a lot of the great Russian engineering talent has left to go to some of those markets. You see it in Armenia and other places. So that's number one. Number two, um, I think what's interesting, Europe, again, as I talked about with COVID, as companies think about um, hiring and building you know, specific functions potentially in Europe versus the US and other places, Europe has just always been less expensive. There's less of the frenzy. It's wild, Jason. The great resignation it's not quite there, at least for me in Germany. Now, look, I have I have to hold on to my talent, and I need to be a better employer. And there is, I'm not saying that people don't leave me, but we didn't see the crazy frenzy over the last 18 months in my. And I have teams in in, in the Netherlands, the UK, and Germany. We didn't see quite as much. I actually have a big board member. He's he's a very high profile sales leader named Peter Presley, who was the VP of success factors for me and a bunch of companies. He said, the great resignation isn't really a thing in Europe the way that it is in the US. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, no, that, that's super interesting. And you know, I guess for you know for many of our listeners today in 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 in, in marketing orgs looking at you know functions around design uh, and other sort of contractor roles, now is probably you know might be a good time to look at some of these areas where you know, the costs are lower, uh, you know, and your budgets are are certainly you know contracting somewhat uh, as you look to get more ROI you know out of the dollars. Yeah, and as a total plug, my VP of marketing is phenomenal, and he's in, he's in the, the Netherlands, and there is incredible wow. design talent in the Netherlands. I think super creative. He's a he's an amazing talent, Leonard, and uh, yeah, he's there. Yep, uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can sort of talk about you know, you know, your business specifically for a few minutes. Uh, Wendy, and, and talk about Clever Bridge and how you sort of think about uh, you know, areas of your international strategy and how it's changed you know, relative to some of the renewed expectations in the market around focusing on efficiency uh, over growth. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, I think there's two. I think number one, we, you know, look and and definitely for the, every marketer, we just went through a pretty extensive exercise. I was mentioning to you with a, um, a, a leader named Andy Cunningham. She has a book called Getting to Aha. Um, it's called the Cunningham Collective. She, she did the 1984 Macintosh launch with Steve Jobs. So just that, she worked for Steve three times. And it was really a rationalization to, to help us to really get like focused. I mean, just crystal clear. We we do a lot of great things for our customers. And, and I'll, I'll give a great example. We um we do we do support the education space a little bit, meaning you can you can renew and subscribe to training. I'm not saying it's it's not a great space and we may end up doing some things there, but we were we had like 10 things like that that we were chasing. And so that clarity of going through that work and even refreshing um, if you haven't done that in a while, I think is number one, that that really set us on the direction because we looked at all the macro trends and what what we had was with that unique payments engine, that Boffin banking license that allows us to transact payments in every EU country, like seamlessly, which is extraordinary. Um, and then globally, we have legal entities, as I mentioned to you in Taiwan and Japan, we're able to operate. We said, how do we help? And then, and our clients started coming to us. I just saw a survey that said, um, of tech CEOs who were in the subscription business, um, could be B2C, B2B, their number three imperative was automating customer success activities. And, and, and we'll get to how that impacts marketing in a minute, because we think about this, I do have a marketing arm who helps drive the subscription. So you have to be able to tell people where you are, and I'll talk about that. And so we looked at that core, what's happening macro, how do we focus and get really laser clear, and what do we think is the big problem. And we believe that there is a huge market opportunity with the rise of SaaS over the last 10 to 15 years and companies who were perpetual moving to SaaS saying, um, and I can tell you how the conversation went for me, Jason, with my CFO, when I was a chief customer officer publicly traded, yep, we grew 25% last year. Maybe I'm going to give you 8% headcount increase, but you're like, but wait, I got 25% more of a base to renew. How does that, that doesn't make sense to me. And that, and, and by the way, I need you to get your retention up by a point. That's a very real conversation in the boardroom of, of any company that has a repeatable revenue. How do you do that with marketing? And so that's the business problem. We're taking all that core technology we have, we're adding to it using AI. Business process automation is on our roadmap to really affect it. We don't think anyone is really, really tackling that problem completely. There are definitely some people who are trying. So that's where, and as we think about doing more with less this is where we always see when these inflection points, that's where innovation happens because people have to go out and look for creative solutions. Um, I just talked to a, C, a chief customer officer of a publicly traded company, three, three, four billion. They've just pulled, wait for this, they've pulled forward their budgeting by two months. And their their fiscal year starts in October. They're they're finishing their budgets now because she already the CFO said all your budgets are going to be flat or reduced. And we got to get working on that now, how you're going to get there. So this is happening in the boardroom of publicly traded companies right now. And I was like, wow, so this is here. So the, we could talk about it all day, but that's hopefully some headlines. Yeah, no, it, it is one of the, the great ironies in, in that in these recessionary periods, it really does you know, put a forcing function around innovation uh, and a sharper lens. You know, during times when everything is up in the right and cash is ostensibly free, you know, I yep. think as, you know, orientations change. You know, you know, people arguably, you know, or not arguably do more than, you know, are, and businesses do more than they should be doing, uh, you know, which, you know, can drive, you know, more, you know, more and faster growth. 
um, you know, but doesn't necessarily make the business any stronger fundamentally. Uh, and I think you, every one of us, you know, certainly, you know, your business, certainly, you know, our business here at Simon Data, uh, you know, are sort of looking, uh, and certainly all of our customers as well are, are, are asking these hard questions and really asking, you know, what are we great at? What do we want to be great at? Um, you know, for our marketers listening, you know, the, the, the analogous question is, you know, what does the brand, what should the brand be known for? Uh, you know, how do we articulate our value proposition? Um, exactly who's in our ICP? Uh, and how do we really double down on our absolute best customers? What's that trade-off between, you know, going wide uh, and made it, and getting a whole bunch of people in the funnel uh, and going deep and taking customers, you know, who used to have an LTV of X uh, and making it 1.5X. Exactly. Uh, you know, those those types of things is really, if you sharpen, you know, you know all those things plus the product, you know, across the board, uh, you know, really can be transformative. Well, I think the other comment I'd just make to that really quickly is then also focusing, you know, so much, I just was talking to somebody who said, you know, for so long, it's been about customer acquisition and growth boy, you got to keep your current customers and try to sell more to them. So I do think that's the other pivot as well, is maybe a more rationalization of your dollars and how, whether you're doing account-based marketing or investing more in you know client events and education for clients. But I do think that is the other thing, because boy, how do you got to keep your current clients? You can't, you know, we're all going to be worried about churn, right? If, if people stop saying, you know, I can't renew, I don't have the budget for it. You got to prove oh. your value. Hundred percent, and it's always you know revenue is always cheaper to be had you know by uh, you know, looking yep. you know, for incremental wins across your current base. Uh, but if the value isn't clear, if the product isn't working, if the value proposition isn't articulated, understood, um, you, know, you know customers are going to go somewhere else, and especially yep. you know in these times, any you know more than anywhere else, it's sort of another factor that contributes to uh, the, the lottery list we just went through. <laughs> well, let me let me add one other price, price increases too. This is a really tricky one, and I think as you know, your marketers think about working with their peers on the product side because costs have gone up between tech, electricity, hardware, personnel, and you see that. And we were working with the TSI. We we we, we TSIA told us this, which is a huge body that you know people were normally seeing three to four price um, percent price increases, but we were seeing ten. But now you get this fraction. So you know, figuring I, I, I pricing strategy, I think is going to be really important and that key with marketing, how you're doing your promotions, how you're thinking about that, telling that story and the value. I just, I had to get that in because I think it's really important right now. Yeah. And your global pricing strategy, different markets. Listen, I've got certain clients, um, Australia, um, having really significant issues right now. People are seeing drops in growth. Part of it's the conversion rate, the currency, the dollar, the Australian dollar doesn't have as much value. And so they're buying less. So you may have to think about that pricing strategy globally because you're seeing different behavior in different markets. And I've heard this now from a couple of clients. They're seeing softness in Australia. Uh, okay, great. Uh, you know, those are great points, Wendy. So, uh, you know, final question for you today. Um, you know, if you were to replay this, this, this conversation with someone other than me, uh, you know, if you were to choose any CEO uh, of, of any uh, public or privately traded company for that matter, who would it be and why? Yeah, it's... Oh, there's so many people, but I mean, I'm going to go for such a trite answer, but I have to, I'm, I am a fan. I'd love to talk to Brett Taylor and uh, Mark Benioff. Look, they're, they're dealing with the currency. How do they think about their business? Um, I think that there's some synergies with what our businesses do. I would love to see how they're thinking about driving that efficiency play um, and, and, and how it's impacting their business. So, yeah. 
Salesforce. Yeah, no, I, I actually did happen to listen to you know Salesforce's uh, you know Q the last earnings call. I guess it was Q one. Uh, I can't. I think yeah. Like in January. Yeah, I need. I, and I should go do that. <laughs> yeah, no, and they, they did actually. I think re- mentioned revenue hit just from currency conversion. So mm-hmm. uh, it's certainly it's certainly a real thing. Uh, yeah. And there, there's some real challenges around that. But yeah, but, but thanks, Wendy, for coming on to our podcast today and sharing your wisdom with us. And really, when I reflect on, on the conversation, uh, you know, there, there, there are just so many dimensions uh, around, um, you, know, you, know, you know, how to operate uh, a business, you know, from you know, top level strategy all the way down to the lowest level of execution. And, you know, I yeah. thought today, uh, you know, really taking a, a view, a uh, trip around the world, uh, you know, no pun intended, uh, around international strategies, um, you know, you know, is a super critical, you know, and, and, you know, you know, not just, you know, for customers today who are operating internationally, but for all customers, because, you know, your supply chains, costs and everything, you know, is impacted by international issues, uh, regardless of whether you just sell in the lower 48 states. But, uh, yeah, but with that, um, you know, Wendy, you know, maybe you can tell our listeners, uh, you know, who might want to learn more about, uh, you know, Cleverbridge, you know, how they can do so. Yeah, thank you. Well, you can obviously, you can reach out to me, Wendy.Sturgis at Cleverbridge always. Um, I am a go-to-market CEO, always will be. I love it. I love, I've got a customer call right after this. Um, or go to our, our website, grow at cleverbridge.com uh, and uh, look for more updates from us. We're super excited about the future and helping companies grow without headcount growth and freedom to grow. So that's really what our new uh, our new purpose is gonna be, allowing people to really focus their valuable resources on the most valuable activities that allow them to grow. So we're super excited. Great, uh, and thank you to everyone listening to this episode of the Data Unlocked podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Simon Data, please visit us on the web at simondata.com or email us at hello at simondata. You've been listening to the Data Unlocked, You can listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data. We help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale.